a long time ago on a podcast far, far away. Welcome to You Hate Movies, the podcast in which casual moviegoers, film lovers, and cinephiles argue about movies. Today, our seven-part series comes to a climactic close with Star Wars Episode Seven: The Force Awakens. Can a movie staggering beneath the pressure of fan expectations possibly live up to the hype? Where does it rank amongst the complete saga? Did going Star Wars pure enhance our viewing experience? And was Bethany a knucklehead at the theater? It's time to let the truth be known. Massive and complete spoilers for The Force Awakens loom throughout this entire episode. If you haven't seen the movie yet and you listen to this episode, you hate movies. You'll also get spoilers for the other six Star Wars films, as well as Godzilla 2014, You've Got Mail, Frozen, Frank, Prometheus, While We're Still Young, the TV show Girls, the Disney direct-to-video Tinkerbell films, Pride and Prejudice, About Time, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, Bewitched, The Hunger Games series, Home Alone, It Follows, and Jurassic World. Well, we did it. Guys, we did it. We went and saw the new Star Wars movie. Yeah, we did. If you've been listening to this podcast, we spent six weeks, now seven weeks yep. total. Seven weeks. Seven weeks of Star Wars. Going Almost on a journey. Two months of Star Wars. Watching all the Star Wars, reliving all the Star Wars glory, and for Bethany Allen here, living the Star Wars glory for the first time. Yep. Leading up to The so Force Awakens. Good. And, uh, you know, if you're listening to this podcast, hopefully that means that you've seen the movie too. So this is, it occurred to me as we were leaving the theater tonight and I was thinking about doing this podcast, um, no one knows where this is headed. Right. Nobody knows where any we of this is we headed. We were discussing we that earlier that with the prequels, we knew exactly where they were going. Exactly, which is but the huge difference. We're in uncharted territory now. You watch the first one and you're like, well, no matter what happens, they got to get him in that costume by the end of the third one and wrap yeah. everything up to tie in with the movies I already know and love. With this... Who knows? Yeah, but we have our serious speculations. <laughs> you do? <laughs> we have yes. speculation right. and it is serious. Before we get yeah. to the girls <laughs> and their serious speculation, because for some reason it's united around the girls, I just wanted to set up this evening. There's a few things that we can talk about with the rest of the world. It's going to be talking about The Force Awakens. But let me just take you back. So a bunch of us today actually saw the movie twice. We went in the morning and then we went again in the evening, which is the first time I've ever done that. You guys for that saw it twice? No, I've never seen a movie twice in theaters on the same day. Right. So, man, what an experience. Bethany, you've never done that before? Um, mm-mm, I oh. don't think so. Wow, what a party. So we go in there. <laughs> Let me take you back. You might have already forgotten, even though you saw it twice. You settle in and um, we saw a movie and it kind of reminded me of, uh, of a movie that I'd seen before. You see, the movie focuses on this conflict that's going on in a galaxy far, far away where tyranny is uh, being distributed across the universe by this you know, fascist regime. And there's this rebellious movement that's trying to bring down the fascist regime. Well, in the middle of all this, there's this young character down on their luck on a desert planet that's orphaned from their parents, doesn't know what's going on, but they get sucked into this battle uh, and drawn into this greater story about this uh, order of knights called the Jedi and the Force and learn all this amazing stuff. 
they they meet this smuggler guy called Han Solo and this furry guy called Chewie, and together with these droids, they go on a mission to bring down the Empire, which culminates in this giant uh, battle station that's shaped like a big planet that suddenly, they learn, has this weakness down in the core, but you got to ride your plane through this trench and set a bomb off, and then the, you can blow it up, and you know there's a villain with a black mask that goes around talking funny, and, uh, you know, that's the movie that we watched. Does this sound familiar? Yeah. No. Not brand really. new to me. Sure. Yeah, I feel like I've seen that. Before. It sounds like a new hope. Yeah, exactly. So much of the bones of everything from The Force Awakens was directly lifted from A New Hope. In fact, it looks like they sat down and had a very deliberate meeting about what worked about the first beloved Star Wars movie and can we steal that exact story arc <laughs> I'm not even saying this yeah. is an insult. They might have done, uh, it seems to be done quite deliberately oh, yeah. to the point where sometimes it felt really nice. It felt like a, uh, you know, like a, f- a familiar in a good way, familiar in a fun and like uh, beloved way. And other times like the Death Star part three, because we've seen them do the Death Star fight now three times they get bigger and bigger though it felt like yeah, it's like godzilla <laughs> exactly every time it gets every, every time, time it's like, bigger. is that f- physically possible so before we critique it any further let's see who's here and what your thoughts are on force awakens with you know thumbs up or thumbs down alex retman is back yes and what do you think i give it a thumbs up i would give it a 4.7 out of 5 mm, stars. He went even further to give it a star rating. That's very detailed. Four I mean, I've been thinking about stars. this. I, I had some time from the movie to now. And for my own sanity, I had to give it a star rating. <laughs> that makes sense. It was good. We deal in ratings mm-hmm. around here. Yeah. yeah. And you're a Star Wars fan? I'm a Star Wars fan. You, you, might, you all might remember Retman from episode one of the Star Wars uh, podcast and he is a big fan of Jar Jar Binks. <laughs> yeah, and loved all him. Of it didn't come out as much in that podcast, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I got an affinity. He came to the theater the tonight dressed as Jar Jar. <laughs> <laughs> I could. I was just waiting for him to show up. Mom yeah. jeans and swinging hips. <laughs> <laughs> he threw his arms up in the air when the it's credits rolled. Said, Where the heck was Jar Jar? Yeah, I'm unsad. That's so he's the, a big, he's a big Star Wars fan. Bethany Allen was there. She completed her journey through the Star Wars saga. I did. With The Force Awakens. And Bethany, what did you think? Thumbs up? I thumbs would give down? it two billion thumbs up. Oh <laughs> <laughs> it was awesome. Oh. That Death Star with this <laughs> <magic> <laughs> planet. I understand how it's parallel to whatever, but I I know this isn't a novel concept, but I did think it was a great reset up for a new generation who's going to have this deep affection and affinity for Star Wars. And That's I. True. I felt like they had to kind of do it that way. And I just thought, I just felt so full and satisfied with this <laughs> this episode. I mean, it was my, I'm like, I think this is my favorite episode. Wow. Which is not fair to say because it you wouldn't, know, it, it wouldn't yeah. be meaningful if I didn't have the others. So, I, I'm, But I'm you a, loved it is what you said. I saying. loved it. I had a great Just as a moviegoer. Well, I'm not just a moviegoer. I'm a... Right, well, on the website, you're, you're a film, film you're lover. A film lover. Yeah. You'll yeah. have to earn that cinephile. Yes, as a film lover, I loved it. There you go. I would see it a hundred times. Sarah Hans is back on the show. Hey. And Sarah, what was your review? I give it a thumbs up. I really liked it a lot. Do you want to go so far as to give it a star rating like <laughs> Red Money did? 
Or 300 billion thumbs up like Bethany did. <laughs> <laughs> I give it 3 million thumbs up. Okay. 3 million. Wow. Okay. That's, sick. that's way is, less yeah, than Bethany. Yeah, in comparison, that is a lot less. Oh, that sounds like a lot. That's not much. Bethany said billion. <laughs> she was in the billions. <laughs> so I'm going like to go with a squillion. Uh, okay. Oh, okay. Oh. She okay. She saw my billion, raised it a squillion. <laughs> oh, anyway, I have a lot um, of respect for There that. is nothing wow. higher. There's nothing higher. <laughs> Tyler, so far everyone's loved it. What do you think? I enjoyed it. Okay, Patrick. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. You got nothing else. <laughs> no, I liked it. I thought it was great. I I I've seen it twice in one day, and I've I'm still trying to process everything I saw. Mm-hmm. Try and comprehend some of these things that they left open ended. Um, but I liked it. I know that much. Where it would fall in the ranking in comparison to the other films, I'm not sure yet. But yeah, you got to decide that by the end of the episode. That's how we're going to end the episode. I agree. So, Patrick, what did you think? I thought it was really good. I thought it was not, like, really great. I would say it was, like, a four out of five, maybe. Because it, okay. it left me wanting more it, in not the, mm. not the best way. <laughs> you, le- you left slightly unfulfilled? Slightly unfulfilled, I would say. Mm. Interesting. Controversy. Yeah. Contention well, in the group. We to talk about that. Yeah, I would, I would just be interested to know what was missing because i felt like it did a a great job at introducing new characters but also hearkening back to you know some old star wars themes and characters Mm -hmm. there i mean at the very end i was just going they have to show luke's face i was scared for a second they're gonna just leave this hooded figure off in the distance and you're not gonna know who this guy is for sure but when they showed his face i was just like dude this is a perfect movie A it's perfect, a hats off uh, to the perfect. oldies wow. and, the, and the You gave you so gave a good. perfect movie a four point seven well, out of okay. five. Yeah, okay, that's hyperbole. I'm wow. sorry, it's not that's a good memory. Way to way to turn it back on him, Tug. I mean, in in the realm of creativity, I can see what you're saying, but I, I'm I am a little bit shocked at the four star average. I mean, like that's your rating, not a four point five. Well, we can, do you want to say what yours is, Josh, before we start dissecting it? Well, sure. I I really loved it both times. Enjoyed it very much. Um, where it fits in the greater Star Wars scheme of things is a complicated conversation. But I didn't have any any problems with it. I could nitpick, which we will do. But I didn't have any major like this. This was a bummer. Do you have a me. star rating? Um. Yeah, I would probably give it. Um, if I was just being out of the theater, good time. Someone said, what'd you think? I'd say five out of five. If I was like going to write an essay about it or something, I would do like a 4.5 out of mm. five. You know what I mean? Yeah. I hear that. Because you got to save the perfect score for an actual yeah. perfect. Like, like you've got mail. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly like you I mean, that's mail. the truth. Uh, so the, the How many thumbs up would that movie get? <laughs> oh my gosh. I've got a, a handful of beautiful thing. things I want us to try to get to before we sign off on this. But first, let's go back to what Patrick was saying. What what about it was unsatisfying to you? Was it the the nature of how much setup there was in the movie for a sequel? Yeah, I. that's what I loved about it as well. Though. I loved that it ended with all the possibilities and that there's like a new baseline for what these movies are going to be now and it's better than what we had before and not like it's kind of like a, a new yeah. hope for it's a new, a new, a new hope. And the questions they left unanswered i was really excited about seeing and i think the, the movies coming will be excellent but what left me unsatisfied was 
the almost retelling of the story we've already seen with the Death Star. And then he even like made the joke of, well, we know how to blow it up. Let's just do that again. <laughs> Which, and then Leia's you know, like, he's right. <laughs> yeah, <true. laughs> Let's go do the same exact thing that's we've true. done three or two times already. I'll uh, give you the Death Star thing. That's probably my biggest yeah. nitpick is when yeah. they started to explain what they were going to do. I was like, guys, <laughs> we have done this right. not yeah. once, yeah. but twice. He's like, so what? It's bigger. <laughs> yeah. There's got to be something we can shoot and it'll <laughs> yeah. blow up. They're like, you're right. And then they're like, what about the shields? Ah, we'll get them down. <laughs> exactly. Okay, let's do it. And didn't even ask him how, by the way. I'm like, uh, the second time around, I was like, He's like, yeah, I'll take care of it, but I gotta be on the planet. And they're like, okay, cool, we'll take you. They were in a hurry. I mean, they were on a time crunch. They're yeah, all gonna it's die. true. They were. They right. were. But um, that, to me, what Patrick's describing the the threat of continuity, though it's it can be a good thing. If I was going to uh, try to poke below the surface of what's going on with this movie, I'm I realize it must be a terribly complicated and stressful thing to try to make this movie right. There's, I'm it's sure, not yeah. like a director's movie. You've got like Disney breathing down your neck, which now owns Lucasfilm, which is a still its own company right. within Disney that's also breathing down your neck. You've got fan expectations. You've got to tether it to an entire, not just trilogy, but spinoff movies. You've got a canon to worry about. Like, um, that's I'm sure a lot of pressure it, for JJ. Abrams. Exactly. And at any given moment, people were probably like, oh, you can't do that and we got to do this and you got to sure. think about this so i understand it's must that it's this good in light of all those things is staggering it's very good you know what i mean yeah mm-hmm. that's, yeah, yeah that's I, amazing I agree with that and my problems with it are all little nitpicks that I sure think everybody will say these, and it just had enough nitpicks for me to say oh that kind of took it back a step because mm. of the little things here right there. i thought it was a super fun movie yeah four stars great yeah four it's stars an awesome good. movie i like it the the thing that it makes me think of though is that um the second film in this new trilogy will almost definitely be much better. Of course. Mm-hmm. Because. And not a in setup. a bad way to this one. Right. It doesn't have to deal with the the setup to the degree that the first one is concerned for setup. And not only that, but it doesn't have anything to prove anymore. This movie had so much to prove to even, even though the world was hyped up, they were simultaneously skeptical hmm. because we have been hurt before. Yeah, this right. like I said, I think this movie in Trigger. a sense part of it part of it if there is any strike against it is it is deliberately in an ap- an apology for what everybody went through in the back in the yeah, last it three plays. Movies, George Lucas you know? was absolutely right. He said kind of underhandedly when asked what he thought about the Force Awakens that it's what the fans will like <laughs> because he famously is unconcerned for what the fans will like. And he's right. Yeah. This is a fan Movie. In fact, one of the criticisms of it is that it was a movie. It feels like a movie made by fans for fans, which in essence it is. J.J. Abrams is right. a huge Star Wars fan, so it feels like with all that out of the way, they got another movie on the way, which can go into different territory and do its own thing. There's more room for originality because one thing that this movie did not play with a ton was originality. In fact, sometimes mm-hmm. it felt like it was afraid to do its own thing. And it had to repeat. I things. don't know. The the they did operate within the confines of Star Wars traditional storytelling. Yes, but they did take big risks, and I think they're pretty brave to write oh, out. Oh, do tell. Yeah. Well, Han Solo. Yeah, we big, haven't seen him fan, before. Big fan favorite. <laughs> A huge, huge name in the Star Wars legacy. I didn't think they had the guts to kill him. 
But they actually did it. Do you think it yeah. was maybe? I mean, and I don't know, but I almost imagine Harrison Ford just being like, "I will do this one movie." Well, I'm sure it came down to way. Harrison or Ford sitting in a conference room. Or I'm gonna be 75 with the next movie. My ticker may give out. Well, I mean, that's what I thought. Yeah. Like, we can't take the risk, Harrison. Harrison <laughs> Ford. You may no, no, not no, no, be no, no, around. No. That's certainly. I I don't think that's the case at all because Harrison Ford is unstoppable. He, he won't stop. He crashed his, his plane that is and what I was walked say. away. Yeah, amazing. I, I the just, guy is unstoppable. He broke his leg. I think I'm right. It was during the filming. It was during the filming. And he broke his leg on set and was back running around just a, a couple months later. Jeez. Oh, yeah. He's the biologist. The guy's no, crazy. I think, so. I think Bethany's right in the sense that the audience is not is not going to... Our nostalgia engine will give out yeah. before Harrison Ford uh, gives out. I yeah. think that it's less that Harrison Ford is unwilling uh, physically. I think it's more so like... He's just like, yeah, I'll commit to one more movie. Write me out of this one. I'd or rather just, be doing it. Yeah, Indiana know Jones. when to quit. Know when you're up on at yeah. the highest. So level. I think that that might be smart on his part. If that's the case, then I'm glad that they used it the way they did, because killing Harrison Ford was that was such a painful moment, and I hated seeing yeah. it twice. Yeah, I mean, but he's been really, lamenting all day. I've heard nothing know, but rest in sad, peace, and because it was so can dramatic. You believe he died and rest in peace. And all I the, mean, it's <laughs> all of those moments freedom. leading up to his death, the dark chamber they're in, the long beams of light, it's kind of mm. hazy in the room. Harrison Ford is usually pretty well. Han Solo, who's usually pretty cold in these films, is showing a lot of warmth mm. and like pain towards his son. And he walks out onto that long, you know, bridge. Anything, something, something's about to go down. And I didn't think that he would just get run, run through and drop down a shaft. But they had the guts to do it. And I think that it was smart for them to do that because it made a villain even more out of this guy we just met, Kylo Ren. Yeah, yeah. I agree. The, the the Kylo Ren thing in that moment, I really hate to be this guy, honestly. But I kind of felt like when he walked out on that bridge, he's doomed. Yeah, he's oh, gonna yeah. get killed. That's what they were setting up. Like, I think he knew it. Though. Yeah, I think Hans knew. I mean, Hans, Hans. <laughs> <laughs> from Frozen. Hans German Hans. now. Hans. Spoiler: It was in here. <laughs> he was in here. I think he he knew he was gonna die. I think he when he looked at his son and he said, "Ben," I think he knew. Like I could die. Right? This is oh, yeah. this could happen. And he knew probably he was smart enough when he said, "I need you to help me." That he was going to go one of two ways, mm-hmm. which is standard, right. uh, you know, Sith training. Not even within the world of the prequels, which go into the Sith stuff mm. even more, but in the, uh, you know, part of murdering someone is giving yourself over to the dark side fully. Or the Emperor was trying to coax Luke to violently attack him, strike mm-hmm. me down, and yeah. and your transformation will be complete. Mm-hmm. So I think that. Um, Kylo Ren knew that in order to not only stop what what did he say he was being torn apart and he wanted an end to his pain well he was he was really conflicted he he showed signs of wanting to come back to the light and he there was that weird scene with him and Darth Vader's helmet trying to speak to Darth Vader's ghost about trying to show him the dark side again the power of the dark side so it's very clearly he was conflicted and in that moment Saris made a comment after the movie, she says, I still think that in that moment he was conflicted. And I totally agree. Yeah. He's seen that it on the, when he killed him when he hand, yeah. When he handed, Oh yeah. The lightsaber. Yeah. 
and they're both holding it. I think that in that moment he was still making a decision and then turned and mm-hmm. killed I agree. Because yeah. everything he was saying had double meaning for yeah. sure. Mm-hmm. He had pain and there's one of there's one of two ways could solve that for him. Mm-hmm. Either he killed his dad or, or went with his he went right. With his and then dad. the big hologram said now he's ready to complete his training like he was waiting for him to take mm. that step. Because mm-hmm. we also saw that he like killed or we assumed that he killed all the Jedi in training that Luke was working on. Yeah. To get to that point, so he's right. already and on the, his like mass murder. Oh. That vision, I didn't that, assume that. Yeah, that's the vision helpful. that Ray had. What are you talking about? So they had all these bodies everywhere. But no, that's not necessarily true because um, Leia made a comment that he took one apprentice, and it the the implication was that it was Kylo Ren, Ben Solo. Did she say that? She I said was he took one there was apprentice. A whole bunch of them. No, no, he, said, he said he was trying to train a new generation of Jedi, and one of his apprentices turned on him. One of his apprentices turned yeah. on him. Okay. Wait, do we see in the movie the uh, bodies of other Jedi that it were very quick flash? We see I, other I bodies. Didn't we, I, mean, I didn't catch that flashback. Was the hardest scene during for her me to hallucination. Pick up on. We don't really know what it was. It's some type of vision. Well, what I couldn't keep up. I'm like, why is this? Why is her hear, cousin in it? When you these hear, are the big you, questions that we all walked out of the theater. Right. And this is part of my nitpick. Is like Tyler was saying that they pushed the envelope in really cool ways here and there. But to me, when they they opened up these cool ideas. And then they stopped too soon. Like they were focusing too much on the nostalgia piece. We saw more C-3PO, which was fine. Yeah. And him wandering around. Always but he fun. didn't really do anything for the movie except for fan service, you know. Yeah. He didn't do anything for the I plot. think that was just to bring it back to like the fans and, and so they can keep being connected to the movie, but also they're introducing yeah. all of these new characters. He did have a funny yeah. it's, it's was just funny. He was funny. I don't, I don't yeah, it's obviously the next generation Patrick is taking C-3PO. over. I don't know <laughs> but why. I don't, think that, I don't think his appearance in the movie was crazy at all. He, of course, he's just going to be around with Leia, and Leia lands, and they walk off a ship. He's going to be No, there. it's fine, but then there are like bigger questions, like the was Darth Vader really Force Ghost talking to him or whatever he was doing, right. and then who's the hologram guy, and all these things that we're supposed to... Yeah, but if you think about it, we, based on, it's so hard to put ourselves in this space, only Bethany can, but you have those same questions watching uh, the original I trilogy. Just no, I get that. I, I appreciate that Star Wars has, like, movies that... Gaps, they, they just I think is what I referred to just, them as in my journey. And right. there were just as many gaps in this movie, true to form, as there's always no, no, been. Fine, you're just you experiencing ja- it. No, no, no. When you see, like, Jabba mm. the Hutt, you, you're like, I don't know anything about the slug. Mm-hmm. except that he's you figure Snotty. out he's a gangster and he's like bad <laughs> right and we don't have backstory we don't need it this i felt like they were they didn't give us enough like they've been that too long yeah but think about jj abrams though i know that's what i'm saying and i feel like mm-hmm. that was his thing and it was like all these questions left unopened and i was like wait a minute the the coolest parts of the movies they didn't give us like kylo ren was the coolest part of the movie but there was so much left but unsaid. if this is like a, a a reprocess of a new hope and it absolutely is think about it it's the exact same way you don't get barely anything on darth vader you get nothing yeah. nothing hope. that's nothing. why you just yeah. don't remember because you're like a nerd no, yeah, no, new I, hope is I, I mean and i mean that nicely i'm just saying you don't remember ignorance like because i'm the whole time we've been doing this i'm like <laughs> yeah. yeah but we got some big old gaps or i'm asking it, 275 mm. questions because I don't know who the heck these people <laughs> yeah. are. But these these were so big, it was hard for me to connect. I was yeah, like, "What no, are we doing? I think like, that why, are, why? Who are the bad guys really? Right? What is the new the new Who's order? Who's a clone? Right? Who's a real yeah. person? Who's first yeah, order? The first, the first order. order? Are they even like doing anything besides like, like the Third Reich? 
Yeah, I mean, are they really even doing anything right yeah. now? Or are they just hovering you know, and that, doing their thing? That dweeb from About Time we're supposed to buy that he's like this fascist. I, 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 I bought it. I bought it all well, the way. I, I thought he was great. He did so well in that angry speech. Yeah, he did. I'll I give that to him. I thought about him doing that in the shower and I thought he was probably practicing that. <laughs> I was very again. evil. I was thinking of him and Frank walking around <laughs> trying to write songs. <laughs> I, thought, I thought the casting was great and him included, but... Patrick, I think that they intentionally left things open-ended. Of course, they left things open-ended because there's two more movies coming. No, I get But that. if you consider A New Hope, you don't get anything out of New Hope. It all comes with Empire Strikes Back and then even more with Return of the Jedi when you find out Empire's father, Return of the Jedi's sister. But in this one, there's things open-ended, but they're like right away telling you this new villain is Han Solo's son. He yeah, and Leia... True gave birth to this kid and now he's killing people. No, I get they that. They did that actually pretty cool at least in the second act of the movie in the for, in the opening scene it was just about his family and you're like so wait so who is he and but mm. that was actually really that fun. That was cool. That, that's, they, that was cool. They give you a lot more than a new hope does. I think okay, he's well, tell me I think about he's right. Tell me about New Order. The New Order. The First, the order. first, first, order. first order. The First New Order. New Order is this great band that formed out of the <laughs> ashes of Joy Division. I don't know why the First Order <laughs> needs a lot of explanation. Because it's, it's, Six ends, the Republic is reestablished, yeah. and then the, the, the Empire kind of goes into some fraction, or faction, not fraction. Mm -hmm. A fraction, faction. too. Yeah, there's a fraction <laughs> of the Empire Two-thirds of what it left. used to be. There's a piece of them left, and that's kind of that is something that is left unanswered. But that's pretty normal for the gaps in these movies. And Maze said, she said, there's all these kind of different orders with different names. Maze, like, yeah. you mean Maz? There's, <laughs> there's a lot of evil organizations out Maz. there. But I think that the more important question is not necessarily who the first order is; it's who this supreme leader is. Sure, but look, that so the first order is, is just one of the rogue. engineers from Prometheus. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. who he is. He, he does seem very Prometheus. Andy Serkis as uh, the oh. supreme leader, Snoke, I believe his name was. Snoke? With Snoke. his butt crack down the Snoke. middle Snoke. of his head. Snoke? Snoke. Snoke. Yeah. Snoke. I thought he was pretty cool and intimidating. Yeah. Uh, I like the idea that we don't actually know how big he really is. Is that <laughs> yeah, just a projection? Just that was also a great homage to the... Well, Palpatine, what was his name? The Emperor in uh, Empire, yeah. the first Sith, time we um, see him in a projection. Yeah. Right. Darth Sidious. When we first see him, it's a giant. <laughs> Darth Sidious is just a giant floating head. And this one I thought was pretty cool because they go into that giant room and he's the giant hologram and then he vanishes and you go, oh, good. I'm glad they're not talking to some giant. Yeah. I yeah. think that, man, you had to have somebody scary because I don't know about you guys. Kylo Ren was the least scary villain. Thought so? Even with the mask uh, on? The Here's the problem. One, I saw a, a movie a few months back while we're still young, and he plays this hipster in Brooklyn. So who, you're, like, you're just like associating visuals. emotions yeah. was, with the actor. Yeah, it was super hard for me. Like, And then here's the problem. You don't see his face for quite a bit of the movie, and then when you see his face, you go, that dude like is like an eighth grade nerd, <laughs> you know? But I had already seen a picture of him I tried not oh to, boy. but I saw a picture of him before oh, this movie. So the whole time I'm picturing just this dude, I'm like, oh. Impure. That's, see, your expectations no, I'm, were I'm actually going to side a little bit with Rhett Money on this one because, uh, well, I will and I won't. For the okay. first <laughs> act of the movie, I found Kylo Ren to be quite intimidating. In fact, oh, let, me, pretty awesome. let me tick everyone off and say, I thought he was even more intimidating than Vader because he was when so aggressive. Yeah, well, right. yeah, And we had better use of like, seeing the force and the special effects. So yeah. When, when so Kylo much. is first mm. introduced to us, you see him force 
freeze the a freaking blaster. Yeah, yeah that, a freaking blaster cool. in midair. And then the way that he force freezes like um, Poe, it's like, this is intense. Even Poe seems terrified from the way that yeah. he's been caught. That, and that opening that scene force. was so strong when he yeah. first opened his lightsaber and he, after he had told that guy, I will show you the dark side. I was like, right. man, this guy is bad. And then <laughs> he, the way he would go into these rage fits, which were kind of immature, but they were still like, he seemed uh, well, like, because Vader is very cool and collected. He, he doesn't always. really snap. He wasn't always, though. Vader? Yeah, I mean, well, Anakin, no, Vader was always. We talked about this like too. That. I think that that also was very true to the storyline yeah. because we have a long line, especially in the Skywalker family, of these boys acting like children when they're first coming into their. They're own. like emotionally Anakin, immature. Anakin, but Vader, even, even in uh, Episode Three, Anakin. was emotionally yeah, immature. Anakin. He's just a Anakin, whiny baby. Sure. Anakin. And then Luke, even in A New Hope, was really whiny. Yeah, so it makes so much sense. Fair. But they're not the same age. It makes so age. much sense that this kid would be like whiny. Vader too. and and Kylo Ren are not. No, they're but not, Anakin, they're not parallel Anakin twins. and Kylo Ren. Yeah, they would the have been the same yeah. age. I think that's where he's at right now. That yeah. makes sense. But I'm saying when, when we get Vader, who's more comparable to Kylo Ren than like Anakin, at least on screen and the way they present themselves, mm-hmm. regardless of age and where they're at in their training, Vader's version of snapping is like a force choke that, you know, just looked pretty peaceful. The guy's just over there on the other yeah. side of the room going, right. murdering. Yeah, but it killed him. Yeah, murdering. It did. I'm just saying he was very, like, calm, and that <laughs> was calm, that was yeah. his menace. He is kept that cool. he was, uh, yeah, But I mean, Kylo uh, Ren has a rage fit, slices up some computers, or he, like, not just force chokes the guy, but he violently slams him or, like, pulls, pulls him, him yeah. to well, his... Well, even in the end when he was injured, he's, like, smacking himself in the stomach. So yeah. he's, like, yeah, he's punching really rash angry. and... Yeah, so he's I thought, being immature. Yeah, yeah, but then did you say? I guess this is another issue that I had with him. He didn't really command that much respect on the ship that he was. But neither did apart. Vader in A New Hope. Remember, he ha- was having the same arguments with his right. Uh, right. a guy who was at least Ooh. on his level or just above it. Yeah, and it was the same over the same stuff, like whether or not the Emperor was going to be mad at one or the other. It seemed like they kind of had equal footing. So Kylo Ren. When he was masked and his voice and the the hardcore stuff that he was doing in the first act and of the movie, I thought was like, man, this is this guy's so cool. He's the coolest thing this movie has going for him. When he took off his mask the first time, I will admit I felt exactly like Retman is describing. Yeah. I was like, that looks like a nerd that plays Dungeons and Dragons in his yes. basement. That's yeah. who's under that mask. I grew to then like it again when I saw how conflicted and tragic a character yeah. he was. But I think that this is another point where they were brave with their decision making because th- revealing who's behind the mask took them three movies in the original trilogy. Like it's That's true. something that they kept elusive. This is like the that's Wizard of point. Oz type scenario here where you don't get to see behind the curtain for a long time, if ever. And they did it right away. That's I think true. that for two reasons, because of the standard they created with Darth Vader, like, you know what, this is a new generation holding you in suspense for that long isn't necessary anymore because this guy's already so crazy. So they took off the mask and they kind of like, you know, said they kind of discredited it in a way. But I also think that it was interesting that they added the mask because it was part of his new identity where he was trying to be like Vader, right. but he yeah. didn't need the mask, but he was using it for intimidation. And he was also like way more human in my mind than even Vader was. Well, yeah. Because yeah, he's like, human. he's a solo. So like, right. <laughs> 
I'm like, all, Solo's all like all human. Yeah. yeah, like he's got his This guy's sister. got a, a very strong cocktail in his blood. <laughs> yeah, yeah his but pedigree. his sister's even like, we didn't get to see her. I was thinking about how underdeveloped we got to see Leia. Like she never, utilized, I've never seen her utilize right. the force. I never, she kind of was like, cool, I'm your sister. And then like, <laughs> that's the last we saw. They were in the jungle village. She's you know, like, let's get back she, to this Ewok party. She never used the force. <laughs> right. She, she never was, used the force. <laughs> To like fight, but she was part of it. Was she part was of in her tune or intuitive or whatever. Or but I yeah. feel like so it's an interesting. He's more to me. He seems more fragile. Like he has to work harder than someone like Luke yeah. would because yeah. his parents. And I feel like this is what we wanted to see with Anakin. We wanted to see like this. Get angry. Oh my yeah, gosh! We wanted she's to see somebody Anakin, like yeah. training and, and turn right. into this monster and lose and like even the way mm-hmm. he fought and used the force was like his immaturity. That and every now and then he put the cool. Mm-hmm. I don't think we needed to see that. Like the space between six and seven. Right. You're saying I don't think we need to see it. I don't care about that. We saw that with Anakin. We don't need it with Luke. Let's just jump right into where we're at now. Yeah. Yeah. But I have to agree with you in a way as well. Wait, right. We're when confused. First what are you talking that, about? Yeah. What are you talking about? What, what was that back there? Well, you were back saying up. that you wanted to see him get trained. No, I was saying this is what we wanted to see this kind of growth in Anakin in the prequels. Right. Yeah. Like a this is he's very he's a good actor. Is what I'm saying. He's like better. Very, he's, he's better than anything. What he yeah. did with his internal conflict in this in the few minutes he got of it yeah. on screen in this movie was to way stronger than anything movies. they did in the yeah, prequel. Yeah, I thought I thought he was the best part yeah. of the movie. The but whole I was thing. saying um, mm. that I think it was smart of them to skip this far forward, so we're not. Episode seven wasn't Luke training this kid. No, that's yeah. so we don't get another three movies of this guy turning into. Well, and they had to wait, and just you kept you in suspense to see Luke. Right. You know? Which right. you know, it's funny if you if we go back to the the original trilogy, the 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 questions that are unanswered that we're complaining about, not just Patrick, but that even in my head that I, where I'm thinking, oh, I better see this or I better see that. We actually don't get anything in the way of like a. What really went down with Vader in that original trilogy? They allude to it in the first act of the first movie, and then that's the most you get. Yeah. You never hear. Well, when did he go bad? How did he yeah. go bad? How did that play out? They Where really was he? He's bad. Move forward. Yeah, he so was. He was good. That, then he was bad, and that's it. Yeah. You know, you don't get any explanation. Do you think that maybe and it's the next, th- the the, the first three movies and the chronology of Star Wars that kind of set the precedence for that training up the bad guy sort of thing and maybe they felt more need for it this time to give you a little bit more backstory on based on well, the prequels because yeah, they the prequels. spent three movies with Darth Vader training yeah. him up to become yeah because yeah because you see this yeah. whole the worst character arc of all they, time they with did Anakin. put yeah they did put a lot of emphasis on motivation for sure so yeah maybe they wanted to just show you a little bit more of yeah I don't know I thought I felt like it was I didn't have any complaints about it for sure I thought feel like if anything, it's a point in Tyler's favor for the idea that there was it was riskier the way that they're handling Kylo Ren as opposed to Darth Vader in that they humanize him Far really more. really quickly. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Darth and Vader you, doesn't you get learn, humanized learn, until the final scenes <laughs> yeah. of Return of the Jedi. Yeah, and you learn um, that relational conflict right away. Mm-hmm. But back to the actor, I was about to say, Redman. I agree. When he first took off the mask, it was a little. You know, off-putting because you're thinking, what are they doing, revealing this guy to us so quickly? And yeah. he's just some kid. He's just some angry kid. And I, I thought, I don't know about this casting either. I recognized him from when I would walk past the television, and, and Sarah would be watching Girls, 
And I'm thinking, this I is don't the, watch that show. This is the <laughs> sounds like you do. This is the this is the guy that's hanging out with Lena Dunham on that weird show that Sarah watches. Yeah, Sarah. Somebody's big watching fan. She's a big show. fan. Everybody. Loves and so girls. it was off putting at first, and I thought this guy is really whiny and immature. But I think he did really well. The yeah. actor did really well during yes. the fight scenes in the winter woods. In the mm-hmm. winter woods. Yeah. Winter in the woods. business, we call that snow. Uh, <laughs> I think you're thinking he, of Tinkerbell. <laughs> right. That is from Tinkerbell. <laughs> but that's not a spoiler. Our daughter, <laughs> watch, our daughter watches Tinkerbell. The movie Tinkerbell? <laughs> there's a movie called there's Tinkerbell. Man, Tyler, you're really There's a bunch of movies. Her sister Tinkerbell lives in movies. the winter woods. Okay. Yeah. Perry well, Winkle. Yeah, that's that's we'll have to look that up. Perry Winkle <laughs> is Tinkerbell's sister. Tinkerbell. They're twin sisters. Tinkerbell. <laughs> I think <laughs> that Kylo Ren really did well. That actor, um, Jamie Driver. Yeah. Adam Driver. Adam Driver. He did really well to him. He impressed me when he was fighting in the snow. He looked angry and yeah. he he. I he looked he very did. emotionally conflicted. Well, yeah. yeah, he had just killed his father. And <laughs> yeah. that That'll he do it. <laughs> <It's a lot. laughs> and he was fighting his cousin. Yeah. There's all that. We'll get oh into gosh, that theory in a little yeah, bit. Yeah, because I'm interested we'll in We'll get into that theory. But some I think that what, when he revealed himself as being kind of awkward <laughs> and weak, he showed himself as tough and scary in, in the woods right. when it was snowing. I think him taking off his helmet for the interview was a sign of his immaturity. Like, he huh. didn't know yeah. he, that's not something he's supposed to do yet. Or maybe he's not hardened. He's not hardened enough. Yeah, like, you're the best. You gotta leave she the mask on. That happens when scary. you're being chased by a monster in a mask. Or a, <laughs> a monster. She's not from New Zealand, yeah. though. You're a monster. <laughs> I can only do Kiwi. When he would talk, <laughs> when she would talk like yeah. Kira Knightley. Mm-hmm. It was weird how similar <laughs> she was. Man, to the Kira whole Knightley. time I'm thinking this girl belongs in Pride and Prejudice. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, I this can't girl. wait to see her in one. Man. She is so Kira Knightley like. She yeah. was great. She was a really strong lead. What's her She's name? Great. Her and Daisy uh, Ridley. The, Daisy Ridley. She the was gentleman great who too. played Finn were both mm-hmm. strong yeah. new characters. Um, he's he's British awesome. though, or something. Um, yeah. He's Bodega. actually British. Oh, is he really? Guy. Yeah. Bo. What's his name? Poe. Poe was awesome. His real name. Oscar Isaac. No, no, not Oscar Isaac. Poe. Oscar Isaac's always great. Um, the guy that plays Finn is. Um, I don't know what his name is. <laughs> I know it. Come on. He looked like the lead singer of Block Party. It's interesting though because oh the first gosh, time nuts, you think about it now, the what the good lightsaber was a non Jedi. It was like just a stormtrooper. What are you talking about? Did, the first time did, we saw somebody with yeah. John Boyega. Boyega. Yeah, John Boyega. John Boyega. Yeah. That's Finn. John Boyega. Yeah. That's yeah. great, guys. I thought it was brilliant for them. <laughs> John Boyega. I'm glad we got that. I thought it was brilliant for the for for them to considering the meta narrative of this this movie alone for them to write in a stormtrooper that defects and then joins the the rebellion or in this movie they're the resistance they're not longer the rebellion i don't know why they rebranded because <laughs> uh, not, there's not the rebellion there's just like little small armies yeah they're not but like, they won they but won they're not in, in control the of anything yet they're yeah, like making true. the move to take control so well, no the, the they they said the republic was had reestablished yeah, the and Republic's they, they back. Them up. Yeah, it's almost they were it's almost they like were they're just. It's no longer a galaxy ruled by a, a single dictatorship. It's like there's respective governments, and uh-huh. one of them happens to be fascist, and that one's waging war against the other governments. Let's say yeah, right. that's fine. But it wasn't. But John Boyega big thing was great. <laughs> I thought it, it was, was great, great for them to write in again, take another risk to write in a stormtrooper who defects. And joins the resistance. I actually have a question because so this will show how much of not a fan I actually am. But 
maybe I'm missing something, and I, I think I am. I thought that stormtroopers were the clones of Jango Fett. Mm. I thought they were a bunch of Jango Fett. Well, in a nutshell, we had this conversation yeah. and then this fight online with folks. Uh, the long and short of it is that the movies don't themselves answer between the prequel trilogy and the original trilogy whether or not the stormtroopers are clones of Jango Fett. It's an assumption that many made because the prequels end with a clone army that mm. looks exactly like stormtroopers made up of clones of Jango Fett, but other people seem to think that's a ridiculous idea and they fight about it online and their yeah. arguments are flimsy at best. Well, the idea is that between me. three and four, the clone army ages more rapidly than the rest, so they all die out. Oh, and and then they had crew. to do use conscription to get them all in. So this movie didn't do anything to answer that question. Other, or it, Pardon me. It actually did deal with it very quickly in a brief exchange between yeah. Kylo Ren and the About Time guy by <laughs> having them say, uh, point out the fact that these are actual people that have been conscripted to fight for the First Order? New Order? Yeah, first, first Order. order. And that uh, Kylo Ren taunts him by saying maybe they should use a clone army. And that, I think, was just to draw a distinction between the fact that these are no longer clones. Whatever right. happened before and then the other movies, hmm. these are no longer and that does Clones. open it up so that you could have a defector. Yeah. And he's, yeah. And I, there is that they took him where from his family. Finn, yeah. Finn says I was taken from my family. Right. So they must have, they conscript them very young <laughs> right out <laughs> right. the gate. Yeah. Bethany, you had some thoughts about the levels of emotion that, that you perceived on yeah, screen. Well, Here I we mean, go. Think about this. She's a girl. I, <laughs> oh, okay. Good. Oh, I'm right. Hey, Bethany. Girls are so in tune. With I'm ready for this. I want to hear this. I just think the cast. So if we're thinking about casting or whatever, or the character development, that's probably more of what I'm thinking. Like, I think about how conflicted Kylo Ren is. I think about how much more tender and emotional Han Solo is. Also Leia, who's also <coughs> kind of cold by nature. Well, they're parents now. Right, I know, but that's what I'm saying. Like all the characters, and then you look at um, Finn, and you're like, he is emotional, like driven by his emotion the whole movie. Mm. Like, there's very few pragmatists in this movie aside from the droids, and even the droids are a little bit more emotional than we've seen mm. them in the past. So I don't know. I just thought it was an interesting. It just felt the whole thing, and even the level of humor, and the banter, all of that, just to me seemed more. This seems like a more emotionally driven movie for Star Wars. Like mm. it seemed almost, mm. not like it was too much, but like that we could have gotten there with a few more. I was weirded out though by the lack of emotion from Leia because well, she's well, on drugs. She's, she's, I know. she's I know. too she's old. I know. It was just <laughs> funny though problem. that like Han dies and yeah, that was weird. Chewie's screaming and always. She, she felt it in the force in that moment. Yeah. She sat down. Right, right, she right. Sat down. And Ray. Ray was crying and, you know, she just looked like sh her fish had just died or something. That's, that's all. <laughs> but that's well, how she, she was in the other movies, too. When she, bad things would happen, yeah. she would yeah. just well, military she was a, would take over. Right. She was a battle-hardened general. She was she was always fighting in the military. She had big decisions to make. She was losing mm -hmm. lives all the time. Yeah. I think it had more to do with the fact that Carrie Fisher, that's the best <laughs> they could get out of Carrie Fisher. Yeah. <laughs> but but for them, on the whole, wouldn't most of us agree that, like, it was largely, yeah. em, it was a very emotional movie and, you know, Han dying mm -hmm. and like, it's just to me was like, 
I don't know. I just there was a lot. Like, there yeah. was a lot more humanity and character in, injected yeah. into yeah. almost well, all the characters on screen. And I think a lot of that seems to do with the fact that what movie, even just Star Wars fans, we all subconsciously have our expectations for movies adjusted over time. The more we get used to seeing movies, and movies today don't play like the original Star Wars trilogy plays. They don't play like old adventure serials that yeah. are paced the same right. way and developed the same way. We have certain expectations yeah. where if we actually saw a movie that was just like a movie made in 1977, yep. we'd all be like, now? This is so <laughs> weird. Well, we'd be yeah. jarred right, by right. it. I, uh, I think that at its core, Star Wars is a movie about the Skywalker family and all the chaos that they bring to the galaxy with the their inability to commit to one side or the yeah. other. I mean, I, but, I appreciate that. But at this at this junction in the storyline of the Skywalkers, you have an older generation ready to move on, a new generation coming into their own, and so you have a lot of emotions of of like people discovering who they are and what what's becoming of their legacy in like in like um empire strikes back and return of the jedi you've got people continuing kind of the same fight they've been all along all yeah. all along so there's not like a discovery of new like emotions or what you're capable of or you know and i'm not criticizing it i'm just saying i i know that there were still weird emotions in the other movies just this one seemed a little bit it seemed like every character and maybe that's to propel us into these into the series to get us emotionally connected mm-hmm. to each of the characters quickly because I even felt like with Ray I felt emotionally connected to her first we find out she's an orphan quote unquote right she's been and abandoned she's and been Beth abandoned doing air quotations I hate here. anyway <laughs> and then on top of that like we see her crying a lot yeah. for a strong and she's such a great, she's a great character and she's strong and tough and fighting people. And why are you grabbing my hand and all that? <laughs> and then, but we see her even when she's with um, Kylo Ren, she's like Kylo Ren. She's like crying. Like most of the time, if you see, yeah. she's like very emotive, which I loved. I like the dichotomy. This is their this is their origin story for this next generation. Yeah, which so, is great, but it was. And it, so all of all of these decisions that are propelling us into these the rest of the this trilogy are caused by their emotions, like their emotional decisions that are propelling them forward. So and it they're makes propelling, sense for and the, just they're propelling the nature, us forward. It's too, just though, the nature quickly. of this how a story begins that emotions well, would be so high. Even right. and they're really good and, actors. And, I think we're just um, I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm saying it's great. Yeah. It's great. I'm just saying that Let it, be it doesn't noted. make sense. It's not like out of place. Like Let it be noted. It's not out of place. He's disagreeing and agreeing. And but I think even Kyla or Finn's and Ray's relationship, their emotional instant connection from the get-go even was like wow it was like really fast and if you guys feel like speaking of that connection from the beginning do you guys feel like the the comedic beats were ever too ham-fisted or too strong Mm -hmm. the second time around i did did you the first time i loved it but the second time i was like oh wait and i I, to be fair i was sitting what i agree the first time it felt great it felt seamless like the integrated comedy into it well the second time, I felt you guys could have taken yourselves a little more seriously. Yeah, I felt a little bit more like it was more like <laughs> like certain <laughs> types of jokes because Star Wars always has humor. Star Wars always has comedic relief, and sometimes it's quite cheesy with the droids and everything. It's usually yeah, but some droids. of it felt out of place. In particular, with Finn, some of his bits about like, um, yeah, yeah, I 
I am the resistance. I am the resistance. This is what we look like. Well, some look different. Like it seemed kind of juvenile-ish. Or, or like the, what would why be are you not on your head this way? Wait, yeah, exactly. Why, why that was not, another uh, one. Uh, uh, you know, like, the stuff right. between him and BB-8 was great. That was still funny the second yes. time. BB-8 is fresh. Yeah, that, was, <laughs> that guy was awesome. Speaking sorry, of emotions, <laughs> oof, so My much emotion gosh, coming out of BB-8. I love that. It's like the dream droid. <laughs> 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 well, then let me use that as a segue to talk about the visual effects for a second because there's something really interesting about this movie in that just like we said and everyone knew from day one, the movie was obviously going to be completely overflowing with CG, which it was there's no way around that you can't make a movie like this nowadays with yeah. the technology we have and not do uh cg but there was also a tremendous amount of practical effects and real sets that were built um, not only that but cg has obviously gotten quite better <laughs> since uh the you know yeah. phantom menace came out so some of that stuff you know i wouldn't be surprised if it, on set it looked a lot like it looked on set <laughs> for the prequels where green screens are everywhere but it just is uh, obviously way more convincing but then there were other moments where they deliberately would use visual or practical effects or creature effects that not only would if it weren't this movie and if it weren't the stakes for this movie they would never in a million years make a puppet for that or whatever it mm -hmm. might be um, but in some cases I could look at it and just say like they actually could do that more convincing with CG now one of the things that that occurred to me was the you know the scene where Ray hears BB-8 for the first time. She runs over the sand dune, and there's like this little guy on riding on something, mm -hmm. you know, like a mechanical <laughs> rhino. Yeah, this weird armored bantha type thing. It's not a bantha, but the equivalent, and uh, it's moving in this robotic way that looks right. like it's been built, and it's really charming to see a actual practical. I loved mm -hmm. it. I love seeing. It. I wouldn't have preferred it be CG or anything, but I was thinking. We can actually make those really look convincing now. Aliens and CG and all that. Like uh, Maz, her, she was a mocap character, and she looked she looked great. She looked really convincing. I had a hard time telling between what was CG and what was me too real. I actually couldn't tell you on a lot of really because in that Somebody one, I can tell in the cantina scene, Maz looked jarringly different from everyone, even though yeah. she looked good. Yeah. Then you look around the room and see all these puppets, and it's like, mm -hmm. well, that one's right. The CG she was one. CG. The the dude. Uh, at the junkyard with CG, obviously. Yeah. Oh, he, the weird fleshy fashion. Yeah. Uh, did you? I think he, that yeah. was Simon Pegg. Was that Simon Pegg? And did know. you see the Daniel Craig cameo? Yeah. No. How could we have <laughs> yeah. seen the Daniel Craig? Cameo? We were told but about he didn't it. Didn't sound like himself to <laughs> me. This time well, I listened, and he was a he, he was a storm. For a second. Oh, he did. Like when he was. He was a stormtrooper that got the Jedi mind trick done on him. Oh, was Daniel Craig by Ray. Yeah. But oh. then there was even other parts that felt really CG. Um, like there was a, a moment when Leia's ship is landing after that big shootout on, next to the lake. Yeah. And the, the, like the steps and the gates like folded up and the steps folded down. I was like, well, that was definitely CG. That didn't look real at all to me. It seemed jarring. Yeah. So it's like, I'm just, I guess I'm just curious what, what you guys thought overall about the aesthetic of the visual effects, because there were moments, especially on, um, What's the name of the Tatooine wannabe planet? Jabu. Jarku. 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 We found it. We got there. So there were moments on Jakku. It was just Tatooine. That you'd look at him and it felt like you're like, oh, wow, we're watching a Star Wars, like a real Star Wars movie. Like the, you know, the camera pans across as she's flying this little fudge sickle speeder. 
and there's like a little puppet <laughs> of this buzzard alien yeah. thing pecking at some old armor. That yeah. felt exactly like something you'd see in Jedi, like mm. the frog that snatches the thing on the bottom of the screen. Mm. And then other moments, you, she'd be having this conversation with Maz, and you're like, well, this doesn't feel in the classic sense like a Star Wars movie because she's talking to a motion capture CG character. It still mm. looked great. It was still awesome. But it was a... I don't know that it was like a... a amazing marriage of the two things because they did not marry very well together. It was very much like we are obligated because everyone criticized us so much last time. We have to build some puppets. That was terrible last time. Yeah. And they but it was consistent last yeah, time. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's yeah. true. Yeah. From that first video before they were you know, they were on set in Abu Dhabi or whatever and JJ Abrams was promoting his charity uh, Force for Change and there were all these puppet characters walking around behind him in the background. That was clearly meant to get us all started. I'm going, like, look, right. they're really making stuff. They're really yeah, making stuff. And the stuff. other social media posts where he's looking over his shoulder, he says, guys, there's a real Millennium Falcon. Exactly. Right. Yeah. And and we know, like, that gets us all excited. But the Millennium Falcon is going to be mostly CG, and it was. Yeah. Mm. It was right. mostly CG. Unless they were getting on and off of it, which was practical. Right, so I'm I just interested to see. I didn't know that that was CG at all. Do you think well, they'll keep flying around? When it was flying around, you thought they, they got a real oh, no, ship to fly around? when it was flying, but like they when they the were technology. in it. No, like, that's a set. They had an yeah, actual set. It, that yeah. Is, that was a set. Okay. I just yeah. wonder how concerned Ryan Johnson, now that they've taken care of that, because if it wasn't <laughs> this movie and those stakes, we wouldn't be all upset. We'd watch it. We'd see great CG. You know, you right. you don't watch Dawn of the Planet of the Apes and be like, man, these apes are CG. There's no like, real apes in this. That's our standard, <laughs> and I haven't seen any other movie that compares with the apes. Films. To Dawn, well, yeah, that's that's our top standard tier for CG. like the the pinnacle of CG. But no, nobody else has gotten close. Even these aliens in Force Awakens weren't as good as those those apes. That's true. Something about those apes. <laughs> they really so had good. it going yeah, on. The apes are like <laughs> real. But apes. Yes, that's true. That's true. God, I love but those apes. Cons- consider how much easier it would be to do some sort of like weird, discolored reptilian type skin compared to flowing moving fur of an ape. Oh, all of a sudden, yeah. Tyler's a CG artist. That's oh, gotta hey, be hey, so guys, hard. This guy knows everything about Lizards CG, versus apes. CG aside, let's just, just considering what J.J. Abrams did with the style of the aesthetic, how the film looked and felt, I thought he did an amazing oh, job. That's so what I'm good. saying. I think yeah. the style and aesthetic it. sold it. Like the, the adding or the blending of the CG and the practical. I think if anything, that was, thing. yeah, that, that was... Uh, in line with Tiger Tyler's argument for uh, yeah. risks that were paid off, because even though the visual, it felt visually like a J.J. Abrams movie more than it felt like a Star Wars movie. In fact, right. there were times where I was like, "Well, this part doesn't feel feel like a Star Wars movie." But there weren't tons of lens flares. That's true. There were a few, yeah, but they were, them they were tasteful. Back. I don't know what the problem is. Lens layers look great. I, I think <laughs> that J.J. Abrams did a great job taking what Star Wars does really well um, and m- making it new and exciting yeah. again. Because like that opening shot with the the planet, you know, off in the, the shadow, the silhouette of a giant ship moving up in front of it. It's like, yes, this is very Star Wars, but then he had a bunch more ships shoot out from behind it and turn toward us thinking, oh, there's Cool right. Well, they hired the guy to put his to fingerprint on it. That's the point of it. Was, no, I get that, but he he did it really well. I yeah, think. I he did, and he he was deliberately giving us these visual nods to other beloved shots and scenes in the movie. Yeah. So a lot of the stuff aboard um, the Star Destroyer that Kylo Ren spent most of the movie on, even on that long plank 
Uh, oh yeah, where the, the set the themselves. Thing. Yeah, it felt yeah. like oh, this feels like something out of Empire. This feels like, and then taking us into like the the snow battle, giving us something that feels familiar. You know, we talked last time about the way that uh, George Lucas ingeniously would just set his planet locales in something that felt really like specific, whether it was Hoth in the snow, right. or whether mm-hmm. it was Tatooine in the desert or the forest of Endor. And this movie did d- played with the same thing where you feel like that snow battle felt like something really specific that you'll remember. And the, the yeah. sets aboard the ships were really nice. They didn't feel like he was like totally tied down to make it look exactly the same, but it felt familiar and classic. He did well. He did really well. The, the, Way to go. the desert scenes were very Star Wars. Well, whoever his director of photography there was, was. like uh, I think there was a progression to it in a way. There was like a kind of a pattern where yes, we're starting out on this planet that's very tattooing and very very a new hope. It's just dust everywhere and this girl's living the same life that Anakin lived and Luke lived. Yet we don't know her last name. Mm-hmm. And then they they put mm-hmm. us on this isle this this um planet with trees and a lake and it's all green we're in a forest now and it's all green and then we take it even further where we're on another planet which just happens to be awesome. like a retrofitted planet that's become a spaceship somehow um that was technology man <laughs> must have been hard. Uh, but on that planet there you get the same setting where um Ray and Kylo Ren, they they face off in that first green forest, and then they have a rematch mm. in the second forest covered in snow. So there's a progression there of like it becoming darker and scarier in a way. Yeah, and the not-so-subtle visual metaphor for what, when yeah. and while we still have light, we still have a chance. Yeah, <laughs> I thought that was great. No, it was good. One thing to, uh, that should be brought up, we need to talk about it, there were, there were not too many flips. Were there any flips? Were there any flips? In in the um, choreography? Yeah. I had a theory that throughout time in modern audiences, they want bigger, like the Godzilla thing. They also want more flips. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the the first generation's too old to flip, and the young generation, (laughs) they're not aware that they can flip. You mean the Jedi flip that Yoda did? Rooted back to reality. There were a lot of flips. There were a lot of flips in the prequels. Here's a question I got for you, too. Dan Mendel, by the way, was the director of photography on this. That guy was so, so good. There were so many brilliantly crafted scenes, especially when especially when Han Solo and Kylo Ren are facing off. Those long beams of light and the, like, the tiny little silhouettes moving across yeah, the bottom thanks, of the Dan. screen. Thanks, Dan. Mendel. He did such a good job. He did, but here's it's the thing: like the movie. subsequent sequels and then like the spinoffs. Do you think those directors will stick to the same style and aesthetic, or I do you think so. we'll have like this Star Wars movie was a little more CG, or this one was a darker tone? That's what I'm curious one. about. I wonder if now that we the obligation is out of the way and we don't care, we're just in. Can Ryan Johnson now just be like, oh, thank God, because this will be thing. so much well, better. So is it, I, this is noob question. Do we know who the next director is? Is it not going to be JJ? Just, no. Ryan Johnson is directors. directing episode Ryan, eight, and then Colin Trevorrow is yeah, directing the episode the, nine, the final. In the but trailer. Ryan Johnson oh. was a big part of the story arc, mm-hmm. and he was on set a lot with JJ Abrams. Who, what else has he done? What's kind of his? Uh, Looper was his last oh, okay. flick. And cool. Brick. Yeah. Oh, bricks. So, so before we wrap up, there's a couple things we have to talk about. I want to talk about Star Wars purity. But before we do that, I want to know, Bethany and Sarah, why you guys are so concerned. Abby was, too, with uh, Ray being Luke's daughter. That seems, sounds really important to you guys. It's there's, one, one possible <laughs> theory. There were a lot of open-ended moments 
Ray's identity one of them. What is I'm your just theory? rolling my eyes like almost out of my head with these guys saying this to me. Of course, the movie does not tell Here us who she are. is. Here we are. We're watching this clear narrative that, I mean, we know who Han Solo's kid is or whatever. Then, and, and, and we hear uh, Kylo Ren say, gosh, the force is really strong with this chick and she's mastering it without any instruction. She's just... Wiggling her eyes around and concentrating real hard. She's pulling a well, the force. Pulling the force. The force awoke it's, in her. It's thick in her, whatever. I don't know how you say it. And it's and the weirder. whole time, it's like this perfect parallel. Even in their clothing choices, when they're like in the interrogation room, it's white and dark. It's this constant parallel narrative that they're the wa- same and of the same. Don't you put your hand up at me. <laughs> <laughs> Look, but but I'm just saying it's like really clear to me that they're of the same yes. fabric, i.e. family line. Yeah, because so. all the references in the past ones were like. So just give it to us. What's your Jedi's. theory? Oh, so we just totally. I mean, you speak for I think you agree with me. Hey. And Abby agrees, too. See. I, I also the, as a male the, they're cousins <laughs> I agree yeah that so Luke, you're saying I'm that saying Luke Ray is, is Luke's daughter right Ray is Absolutely. Luke's daughter I was shocked he didn't turn around and say yes I'm your what father what took you so long I was I was waiting <laughs> Ray I I'm he, your father I mean he was crying when she turned around now we say, could all say it too yeah. yeah say it's because the saber and it reminded no, him of his whole no it's because Luke Skywalker had been a myth to her he's like this he's like this why is he crying figure. why was he she crying was because when he left, if he did leave. Yep. And, I mean, her memory's foggy. And he could seems. force her memory out. I think that he's force he sensitive <laughs> and he <laughs> understands the implications of what it means for someone to come and get him. And yeah. that's why he was I emotional. know that. I understand that that's there. I'm just saying, mm. what are you going to do? Like, I heard another guy at the theater, who's our friend, say, oh, well, the other theory is that um, she was a learner of... Of a Padawan, a Padawan of Luke, of, of and Luke's. she just doesn't remember. And right, I just, I can't even remotely buy that. Well, I absolutely. Like Padawans, she they? They? Yeah, they had really, really yeah. young. Right, they're yeah. young Padawans, but the whole movie like, is aiming to this last scene. Right, and what's your other theory? I, right. Okay, but it, what to if me it was like, so obvious. He was her father, but he never told her who he w- like. I'm Luke Skywalker, or whatever. Like he probably yep. maybe just had. He was dad. Yeah. He was. And they were living on the. And he left. Tatooine-ish living planet. Living shit. on the glory. Yeah. And then she well, sees him. And I think you guys are getting confused because Ray is clearly the Luke character yeah. in yeah. this movie. I know, that but it would make sense that this is his heir. Or, I mean, I just think like, it was just what, like what's the your other theory? Was so like. Yeah. Right. The big piece. I I think that there's some there's some solid ground to stand here. Stand on some? here. Mm-hmm. I some. think that I what think that. What would be the other you theory? Could, you could very well Ever be right. And a big part of that is the lightsaber thing. There's a lot of debate about mm. what's what really happened with when she went into that room at the bottom of the saloon, and what what I think happened is she had these she had these visions which seemed like parts of her past, parts of the future. Um, and she didn't really know what was going on. Yoda I voice. Think, I think it. Yeah, because Yoda's, Yoda's voice, voice shows up. I think that it, it was a vision given to her by Yoda's Force Ghost, and she's seeing all of these things that are like part of her fears and like things that might be holding her back. Mm-hmm. And then um, as she's falling backwards out of that room, you hear Yoda's voice say, "Well, I believe it's Yoda's voice." It sounded super similar to his quotes from the other films. Um, 
these are like the first steps. He says first steps. Yeah. And then the weird um, barkeeper. <laughs> what's her name? Moss. Moss says that the lightsaber is calling out to you, which doesn't make sense because they're just they're they're metal and some crystals. Yeah. Something Unless that Luke built himself. So there's there's no there's no reason to believe from any other films that the lightsaber would actually call out to her. It makes more sense that the the uh, force ghost of Yoda was leading her to it because right. he wants her to step into her. More of a metaphor. Than Jedi. Can it just be the her? fact that the, can it just be that the force has awakened in her almost no. like the force has chosen her no. to bring. Uh, to help reinvigorate the Jedi Order, and she's not related to anybody. She's no, just forced so, chosen. That's so such a divergent. Otherwise, what the heck line. is this name of this movie for? <laughs> yeah, but also it's it's well, interesting. What was Return of the Jedi? Only one return. I mean, remember how disappointing that was. <laughs> yeah, it was the him Force. singular. Yeah, yes. when I was watching it, I didn't yeah. I didn't think that that was his daughter. But when Bethany's saying really? this now, they did have the really clear line of the Force is strong in my family. Right. Yeah, in from the, the trailers. trailers, from the, from the trailer. trailers, but. It and it's it's Luke's look at voice. this look at the dichotomy between both her and Kylo but Ren. But I don't know, is that the, uh, the I think premise that's you guys want to go on? That you think that in the trailer they were going to spoil a movie a secret that they didn't even give us that strong a clue <laughs> in, of in, in the, the movie. movie as well, if, well, I, I thought mean, it was so many. There's <sighs> so many little clues. There's another. All piece I'm saying is it makes sense, but you guys are overly confident. Yeah, we. Yeah, I I say that you can't be I mean, sure. There's I'm, no. I'm 100 percent sure. I guess. no way. I'm not sure. willing to go there. Sure. I don't think I'm. I don't think. <laughs> I think I'm it's wrong. fair to theorize about it because there's also another piece when Kylo Ren is um, reading her mind, trying to pull out, you know, mm-hmm. those images from her. That was that strong. Yeah, that's strong for you in your favor. I know where he that, says. Uh, he I see says, that. "I see yep. ocean. I see an island." Where you have gone, you go when you're trying to go to sleep. Right. Yeah, but what does that mean? Well, Maybe it's that, where she found her papa. But that then, could that could be in our favor. Hello. The force, the force is giving her a sensitivity and clairvoyance to, to see is. where Luke is. But Dude. then Luke also, um, when Kylo Ren turned, went into seclusion, and if Kylo Ren is actually Ray's cousin, it makes sense that Luke would abandon her to some. Mm-hmm. To some barren wasteland where she can't be found, much like he was left yeah. when Darth Vader turned. Yeah. Anakin mm-hmm. turned. Abby, did yeah, you have a thought? At the very least, we want to make a cameo. They were giving us bird seeds to at least theorize that. Yeah. Yes, there's plenty of evidence to theorize, but there's no, there's no clear answer. Well, I don't know what? you guys think I'm crazy, but at the end of the movie, I was shocked that he didn't turn around and say, I'm your father or <laughs> my daughter or something. Well, that would have been dumb. <laughs> I don't it know. It might happen. I thought I next movie. Like I th- I for sure thought that was going to happen. I thought she's going to find him. He's going to turn around and there's going to be this father-daughter moment. Well, apparently that's what Bethany and Sarah and Abby <laughs> saw. <laughs> that happened in their minds. That happened in the movie they saw. <laughs> Abby set, settle okay. this debate for us. I have two thoughts. One is if it's not someone's daughter. I saw a theory online that it's Han Solo's daughter too. Um, if it's well, not Luke's daughter, why would they leave her family so open-ended? Why wouldn't they just be like, oh, she was this and that and her parents died. And 
Oops, she's can't just we just be find out later that Jedi, her parents were just somebody's? They don't right. need to be significant. No, but what's significant to the later, story yeah. is that she was abandoned. But I don't know. Taken away by bad guys that she's uh, going to fight. It was just like I don't such a clear memory of her, like someone leaving <laughs> her. So <laughs> I thought they left it open for good. a reason. I think you guys are concerned. I think for that it's it's very improbable that she's Han Solo's daughter because he spent so much time with her. He didn't give a crap. But he didn't, they, he didn't do, care. Don't you like think he, they were trying to allude to that in the beginning because no. they were like saying the same things and they're both pilots. I think that he had an affection for her potentially because she was Luke Skywalker's daughter. Certainly not yeah. his own because had she really been uh, Han Solo's daughter, then she got the coldest reception from her mom. Yeah. I don't like, think yes. that's the truth. It's Luke's. But my second thought was I forgot. Wow, must have been great. <laughs> Petered out pretty and tough. and Kylo Ren would have reacted much stronger if he, you know, forced that that was oh, forced sense that that was his sister. At the end, when they're giving each other the look, I felt like it was, it might as well have been words on a screen that said when she like handed, you know, she was like holding it out, and he was like, "No, babe, that's yours, daughter. Like, you take <laughs> what? it." Yeah. No that was the, you know the look in, in his the eyes world, was like no no, no yep. honey that's yours yeah like, no my is, gosh no. Yeah. this is uh, it's you guys your time are, it's your time daughter that theory is dinky yeah. man there's nothing the there's force mm-hmm. has awoken <laughs> there, there was what, nothing to give us that what i want to know more is do you believe that the force ghost of darth vader has actually Come to Kylo Ren and try to turn him to the dark. No, no, not even remotely. Darth Vader is redeemed. He wants us to think that. So we don't know he was redeemed. Snoke is doing that. Yeah, you think that the Supreme Leader is fooling Kylo Ren? Or Kylo Ren? Yes. His uh, dabbling with the dark side is just clouding his perception anyway. And he right. is personifying it into what he thinks of his grandfather. Because he's like, I want to finish the work you started. If he was so into his granddad, he would think his granddad's a sellout. Yeah, right. mm. I'm two minds with Maybe it. Maybe I would love know. to see. I think the idea that Darth Vader is was bad, stayed bad, and is talking to him is a way cooler plot than somebody manipulating him. Yeah. I also wonder if they're gonna like spin it where the dark force, the dark side itself, can like manipulate and call on its own, like. Uh, we're getting that's like we want to talk about how <laughs> how Ray friend zoned Finn <laughs> you know with the kiss on the head Sarah like you'll like be my friend forever he practically died to poor save baby her. she was like yeah. oh you're sweet <laughs> Sarah Sarah will always be friends Sarah had a great <laughs> Disney keep in touch theory about that yeah I was just saying that if like they went with the classic Disney ending and she kissed him then he would have been fine, but he woke yeah, up. he would have woke she up. She just put him in the friend she zone. Couldn't, and <laughs> she like couldn't bother to give him life. She was like mouth or forehead, <laughs> forehead. Yeah, hundred percent. I would. I love to imagine in my mind the the committee that sat around wondering how she should show him some affection. Mm. Should she kiss him on the cheek? Should she kiss him on the forehead? Should she kiss her fingers and then touch him on the lips? <laughs> Should she cuss? Should she cuss? Should she cuss? <laughs> should she just cuss at him? <laughs> then that guy's like, nah, let's not invite him to these brainstorming sessions. Should she give him an Eskimo kiss? Who knows, right? Uh, I actually thought that was kiss. that was pretty refreshing <laughs> on their part mm. too. Uh, to have mm. to not force a romance between it wouldn't have been like awful for them to have a romantic connection, but it yeah. was almost like. They didn't need that. He clearly had the hots for her, but by the end of the movie, back. it was a yeah. nobility thing. In yeah. this movie, I thought you know that was I mean? good too. I appreciate you it. We'll see it again. Oh, oh, the irony of of what could, what could be a Skywalker having a romantic relationship with a stormtrooper. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
the the scandal. Wow. Beautiful. It's not his fault. He's a stormtrooper. He didn't pick that. No, he yeah. didn't. That's true. He really didn't. So he, let's he unpicked it. Let's uh <laughs> let's end our journey okay. to episode seven. <laughs> and you know, see you guys again in twenty seventeen. No. What? Sixteen. Twenty sixteen, right? Really? Year from now? Oh, no, you mean for Star for Wars? For episode eight. We get Rogue One in uh summer. And we episode eight. Wait, this it's this it's no, May no. it's May of 2017. So it's a year and a half. They're right. Trying to do so it every other year. Anyway, every year there's a movie now. And they're calling yeah. it Rogue it's called Rogue, Rogue One. One is the first spin-off, spin-off movie. And then we get episode 8 and then we get another spin-off movie. Wait, what do you mean spin-off movies? They're like side stories? Yeah, we're going to get yeah. every year there's going to be a Star Wars movie. They're either going to be set in the main narrative of the new trilogy or they're going to be spin-off movies. Which Rogue One is called Rogue One, a Star Wars story. (laughs) In case you were confused. (laughs) Don't be confused. (laughs) Um, That's exhausting. So we we did our road to episode seven by saying Star Wars pure. I'll be the first to admit I did see the first uh, teaser. I had been hurt before by these movies. (laughs) And I just wanted some glimpse of like, oh, that looks promising. Now I'll chill out. Um, and I got to say, I remembered a couple of things about that teaser because I watched it way back when. I remembered this, the lightsaber with the hilt and seeing mm-hmm. the Millennium Falcon. Most of those shots weren't even in the movie. <laughs> Some of them were. The BB-8 rolling the and the stormtroopers the stormtroopers standing in a line with the lights flickering. Yeah, you yeah, just yeah, rewatched yeah, them, right? Mm-hmm. I just rewatched them, yeah. Today, yeah. today after the movie's ended... I went and watched all the trailers just to, just to see what but would have been ruined for me. He's talking about the, just the first teasers. But the teasers, yeah. In those teasers, I saw them again today as well. I had forgotten all that stuff. And I remembered when I saw it on screen of like, or when you brought it back up just now of like them in the cargo ship yeah, the flying down to the planet. Yeah, that's yeah. the opening scene. Yeah, all of those shots made it into the movie. Uh, the hilt one where he's standing in the snowy forest and he extends a lightsaber, and then the hilt pops out. That's slightly different in the movie because in the movie he does that, and uh, Ray and Finn are standing in front of him. Yeah, well, you don't you don't get that same shot where he's like stumbling forward and and yeah, you do. Slings it's it very up. similar, but they just they're also in. in no, the shots you don't. So you no, you don't. <laughs> okay. Way different. Speaking of that lightsaber, uh, I'm I'm always excited to see them try and create variations of the lightsaber much like Darth Maul had the double ended one we gotta admit that was cool and doo-doo curved right and Uh, so it's cool that they tried to come up with another variation of the lightsaber where it kind of flickered and it was rough a little unstable yeah yeah and they put in the hilt but I'm just glad that they rode in the hilt and then he actually used it. Yeah. yeah. While he's fighting Finn, he actually yeah. cuts. It made Finn everyone with the go, hilt. oh, I guess it is. I think it's pretty practical. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought his was great. I loved that it, it, it made a harsher sound, too. In the, yeah. in, right. We had two theater experiences today. One was our favorite theaters, nice and big quality, assigned seats, which was like. So nice. We went. It's the biggest screen in the Portland metro area, mm-hmm. and they just started doing assigned seating. So when tickets went on sale, we got on. We chose the best seats in the house. You know that front row of the back section where you can put your feet up on the bar. Yep, we got them. No just, lines. We strolled in. No, no chaos. Line. No we, madness. We strolled in right when the movie started. Took our seats at our leisure. Yeah, it, was it was great. great. It was Cinnabons. fantastic. Contrast. We, we smuggled in some Cinnabon. I had Reese's Pieces. 
Then this evening, we went to what probably a lot of you guys did, where we go to a theater, there's lines all snaked around through roped-off areas. Nobody knows where anybody's supposed to be, the theater workers. I was like, you guys, we're going to have to line up. (laughs) (laughs) My mom's sweaty and hot in there. Yeah, and then everyone's running into the movie as fast as they can to try to get the good seats, but they want to be with their friends. And and the theater wasn't nearly as good a theater. And I just kept thinking, man, (laughs) it's amazing, not even from a nitpicky, you know, like movie snob type of thing, but it's just objectively true that I didn't even see certain nuances that I knew were there the second time because the screen was smaller and further away. Yeah, there was a there was a moment. Why where are you laughing at me, Bethany? <laughs> it's true. There's a moment where Ray like is eating, eating her rations, and she's looking up at the sky, and you can see a tiny little spaceship taking off the planet, going through the atmosphere, and that looked so good on that giant seventy foot screen, in in you know full digital, beautiful quality. But then we went and saw it at this you know terrible theater downtown Thank you, like, theater, you can't man. even you can't even see that ship taking yeah. off what do we sh- we don't even know what she's looking at in the when, sky the, right now. when the screen would go white you could see like all these coffee stains on the, <laughs> on the <screen>. how <laughs> did coffee stains get on the screen yeah, yeah but it looked like an old sheet or something else <laughs> i just needs to give it a good iron and it wasn't nearly it wasn't, as loud yeah. that's what that's yeah. what that was my original Six. point was his lightsaber was like you could feel it when he took it out. It was so well, we loud. We saw it in Atmos this morning, didn't we? Yeah. Well, yeah. And so everyone this morning was like quiet. Not not to say that like people can't have fun, but everyone was like hooting and hollering in the second. That's true. That's They're true. like, I don't mind some applause when the title card goes up. Yeah, let's have let's let's cut back and have they, a good they time. They applauded guys. when Han Solo showed up. They applauded when the Millennium Falcon showed and up. And R two. They, R2 they, D2 they applauded uncovered. when someone pulled a blanket off a dead R two. <laughs> but then uh, Carrie Fisher walks out on screen. <laughs> it was like crickets. <laughs> no, I know. No, nobody made oh, it. I was listening to see if anyone was going to do anything, and everyone was like, "Nah." <laughs> Our two viewing experiences were drastically different. (laughs) Which goes to show you, folks at home, find a theater that you know and can trust. High quality, assigned seating. Early showings. Early show, yeah. We went at 10 a.m. and it was fantastic. Preserve the sanctity of your watching day. Because I got to say, I didn't know anything that was going on in that movie. I watched the trailers afterward. And those trailers, as much as everyone was trying to tell me, oh, they don't give stuff away. They're really great and cryptic. They showed a ton. They showed a ton. Yeah, they gave yeah. away the plot pretty good in them. They even show you the scene of Kylo Ren talking to Darth Vader's dead helmet. Yeah. <laughs> that was yeah. such a great reveal in the movie if you didn't know it was coming. to like, You're right. like, what's he doing? Who's he talking to? And then he says, grandfather. And like you see that. I was like, oh, holy crap. Right, but not you because you <laughs> you watched it six <laughs> times already. And yeah, you're it's you, like oh, I know exactly what's about to happen. Even if there aren't any explicit spoilers, like you don't see Han Solo falling to his death in the trailer. You don't see Luke there Skywalker again, turning. <laughs> you don't see Luke heart. Skywalker turning Curious around about on a guy. secluded island in in the trailer. But you do see John Boy Boyega 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 John Boyega with a lightsaber in his hand, standing in snowy woods, and so the tension of all these other life and mm. death situations for him are gone because you know he hasn't gotten Oh yeah, we haven't got to that shot of him in the woods yeah. with the lights. Man, I'm glad I didn't see that. that exactly. Yeah, That's what I'm saying. We had some friends that did watch all of those trailers multiple times. They just couldn't get enough 
just gluttons for spoilers. Like Matt Comer, who was on the show a couple of times. He was one of them, yeah. And uh, they came out of the movie a little disappointed because their hype was just through the roof. Mm, they were too, true. Their expectations were unreasonable. It's true. And one of our friends specifically cited the nature of the marketing program. He said he felt like it, the trailers presented it to be more of a melodrama more dark and sinister mm-hmm. and some of those trailers really yes. did they had these minor chords all put into the score and all these epic shots of like the most dramatic stuff with no like humor or fun in the trailer mm-hmm. just like the super dramatic stuff and then he got a movie that was like fun and entertaining and had jokes and he was like oh i thought the trailer made it seem a different way yeah and i don't even think that he was upset to have any comedy at all maybe not at all that's not fair but he was upset with the amount of comedy that they put in he said he said it was slapstick it's like i don't agree with that at all i don't i wouldn't call it slapstick i think that yeah. they held true to the same kind of comedy you get from like return oh yeah uh, yeah from empire and return like that scene where they turn c-3po off that's like the same kind of yeah. comedy you got with these drugs. i thought it was yeah. super appropriate especially when you compare it to the cluster cuss of the prequels yeah, well, it was no Jar Jar. No fart jokes or whatever. <laughs> yeah. I really was hoping there was going to be like a Jar Jar tombstone. There was one burp. There the was one burp joke. Yeah, that yeah. monster. Uh, Sarah CG elbowed monster. me when he burped. <laughs> I was waiting for more, she but was that laughing was it. So hard. There was a burp joke that. in Return of the Jedi. Yeah, the Sarlacc burps. Oh, it was so subtle. Yeah. Ah. He ate a person and it was like. No, there's burp. a giant frog or something that burps outside of oh Java's yeah place. eats that thing and then there's so that's two because then when Boba Fett falls in the Sarlacc pit or whatever it's like. Which, by the way, that's my one of my last thoughts that we never got out of Captain Phasma, who's been hyped up in the like. Yep. I saw you know a poster or something in passing, and I looked away from it, and not before I saw Captain Phasma, and like somehow knew that was a name. And people are already making toys. I saw at Costco like a Captain Phasma she toy. Cool. She looked awesome, and she's Who just Boba Wait, Fett. Which one is her? She's like the Chrome uh, Stormtrooper. Oh yeah, she got a voice. She was yeah. exactly like Boba Fett. All she did was stand around, look cool, and then do nothing. She got caught right away. Yep. She was the worst Stormtrooper Super. ever. The actress's name was Gwendolyn Christie. And even when she got captured by Finn and Han, I was like, <laughs> she, she was like, quick. this is a bad idea. <laughs> Better not do it. Yeah. <laughs> like, is there a trash compactor? And then it was like, that, that was, was it. I was like, j- she I wasn't even great. like, no, I won't do it because. No fight at all. I'd rather that, die than, uh, than. I know. And think about shield. it. She was just like, cool. All right. <laughs> exactly, Captain Phasma. You realize what's at stake here, right? This thing is going to blow up. <laughs> you will right. you You're going to die with. I mean, everyone's dying. And planets. we should have her for future movies because they put her in the trash, and she knew it was going to blow up, so she probably escaped. Maybe she'll mm-hmm. be like Boba Fett. And she'll come back again. And you'll see her ride a rocket, shoot a grappling hook, and then fall in a mouth and die. Yeah. <laughs> she was a really unnecessary part of the movie to me. I thought this is so unrealistic. She just like. She was like beep boop beep on the like little screen. I mean, it was just so. She bo-bo. scolded him early on. She's like, "Who told you you could take off your helmet?" It's true. And, mm, and then it's she's true. like, "What? Nothing yeah, happened though." She's like, "Get in <laughs> our division." Tough, she's a tough lady. <laughs> yeah, I bet I she's know. totally hot. Take your hat yeah. off. Let's see your <laughs> she's face. Totally hot. <laughs> you know, I I forgot to give give it the proper praises earlier with the cinematography thing, but it reminded me of Oscar Isaac's incredible piloting. I thought that was really awesome. He was awesome. I love the scene where we watch from Finn's perspective, yeah. him doing yeah. all this amazing so stuff. And Finn's extended like shots. Amazing pilot. Yeah. Continuous yeah. scenes. He, it was so good. He, that was He great. was a really good casting was, role. Hey, uh, something character. we haven't touched on that I just want to briefly ask a quick question. 
who is the guy at the very beginning, the old guy who actually gives the map to? Yeah. There's some arguments uh, going on over that. Uh, I don't think that he's supposed to be someone we recognize. He's just someone in this new world that that's a seasoned person that's been around and has been a part yeah. of things. According Everyone's like, the, who is he supposed to be? Who is he supposed to be? According to the scroll, it's Luke is missing. Leia's trying to find him. She turns to an ally to help. And mm. the implication is that he's this... But we don't ally. need to know what what yeah, kind of where. Do you think he's coming he back? Do you think he'll come back? In the he just oh. got he they killed the whole enough. village. Yeah, never mind. So yeah, I d- we don't I know how it. he got the map or. But maybe you meant stuff. would his storyline come back? Like who we who he was? Yeah. It's just they just said they do that stuff ally. all the time in Star Wars. Yeah. Even like a New Hope begins. It's like oh they've we've got these plans. We hit them in a droid. How'd they get the plans? And and you know what I mean? It's just like we get thrown into the story. No, it's yeah, just I the nature of the style. The, the prequels and the Clone Wars cartoons and all these video games, everybody's just searching for every answer to every detail. Like they're like they're expecting a novel, expect it to be read like some novel so we can have an introduction to every yeah. character. It's, I don't think that that's how the original trilogy played out, so they're just they're not doing that. Yeah. Just, yeah. Here's some guy. We're but it is crazy. Think about this. This occurred to me the second time I was watching it. Everything you see on that screen, all the little stuff that even only shows up in a single moment, Somebody's going to be wearing a costume of that for the first oh, time yeah. ever. Mm-hmm. People are going to be like, oh, I love the whatever. Once they get a name and they have their own Wikipedia page, <laughs> and the little shrimp mosquitoes that were sitting at a table inside the bar or whatever, all that stuff is going to have like, oh, yeah, those are the Bhagawants. You don't know about them. They came from this one planet. But it starts this way with some guy that just designed a creature and sat it at a table. Right. And here we are living it, living the dream. It's a phen- phenomenon. So with that said, it's it's not fair to put The Force Awakens uh, up against the original movies, honestly, um, because we've only seen it twice. Most of the other movies we've seen far more times and had mm. years to spend with them. But just first impression, even if you don't want to rank them all together, just let's go around the room and say how we felt about it compared to the other six movies, starting with Retman. How'd you feel? You're allowed to feel conflicted, Retman. We were coming out of those theaters and we had, I heard half the people saying best Star Wars movie ever made yeah. and then others saying that was terrible. So you're allowed oh, to have, I, I people were saying it was I terrible. Had a, yeah, I had yeah. an interesting thought of. People had know, mixed emotions. Remove the nostalgia, make it a pure aesthetic, you know, kind of judgment on it. I, I think it's just as a movie. If I didn't know anything about Star Wars, I went in and I watched that movie. I thought, this is a great movie. This is, I can't wait to see where this goes. Throwing it in with the rest of Star Wars, I would at least, I would put it in my top two and I would say that, you know, the my favorite Star Wars movie is, is Empire. So, I mean, I, it's weird because it's just so much, it, it's better produced. It's like, shinier if you will it's higher quality the pace of the movie is quite a bit better you know more modern yeah it's a modern movie and so to me i enjoy it maybe a little bit more but i have Mm -hmm. some nostalgia attached to empire so i'd be conflicted it'd be somewhere up there but it was to me awesome wow so up there with the greats yeah how how do you feel about that bethany yeah i mean i don't feel like i'm i'm a pro at star wars yet i mean i know you probably have the most i accomplished my training but i haven't had years of like meditating on it like you all have but i mm. feel like it was my top two as well and mm. i loved it i thought again i think it's a standalone in entertaining movie what what's your other movie well like empire to? or jedi the return of the jedi so 
So it's, I don't know which one. It's probably Empire. Among those three, it's in there fighting. Yeah. And I, I think it's awesome. I mean, I thought it was just such a fun movie. I would see it again in theaters. And I'll tell you so. guys, she laughed for <laughs> minutes after C-3PO showed up oh on screen. God. She lost That's it. That's the <laughs> best scene. He's like, hey, bud. He <laughs> just pops his head I in it there. Was, I actually thought that was that pretty was funny. So, so that, that was so good. That was that was really well timing. integrated comedy yeah it was great they're having a serious moment and then c-3po's that's, that's the only way c-3po could show up on the screen, screen is obnoxious and just like in your face i just thought that was so wonderful like and with a red arm and he's worried about it he's like <laughs> self-conscious i think we're supposed to believe <laughs> that that so his funny. arm is somehow he's like, like i'm so sorry yeah. it's like <laughs> a car it's like a car that got in an accident and they're like oh this is just the primer color yeah so sorry <laughs> anyway i thought it was great i think it's a just a great, fun movie to have, to own, to see. I wonder I wonder how many forums are going to pop up theorizing about his red arm. Yeah, lots. <laughs> what does it mean? The dark side arm? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe his arm is Luke's son, you know? <laughs> it's so clear. Listen, it was we have so a clear. solid theory here, Luke's and everyone on the son. planet is going to agree with us. So clear from the movie. I mean, I thought when he said... Oh, you probably don't recognize me as my red arm. He, it might as well set across the screen because <laughs> his arm is Luke's son. <laughs> I'm part Sith. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're, I'm more we're, machine we're than led, I am. Led to believe that C-3PO gave his other arm to Luke. It's Luke's <laughs> new arm. Why, why did Luke have to have a robo hand again? He had Maybe. like a hand with flesh on no, it. I know, I know. It deteriorated in the Irish air. This is 100%. Wow. Because he's in seclusion. That that synthetic skin and muscle it deteriorates quicker yeah. and it's the just maintenance it all it all just you know, he didn't have anything mm. to maintain it decomposed no aging salt, creams and lotion that salty air yeah the you know, salty air it just air, it really it. had an effect yeah. on it yeah, yeah. that's yeah. that's why you didn't see him move his fingers he just had his hand up like this solid <laughs> it's all solid rusty it's rusty all the salt water's gotten in <laughs> and it just rusted it up which lends itself <laughs> even more to the theory about the red arm being related. <laughs> <laughs> really, Sarah? What did you think? Um, I loved it. I was a little worried that I'd be really bored today, seeing it twice, mm. and it's a long movie. Um, I haven't seen—I actually haven't seen all of the Star Wars since I was like little, the original, because um, I was going to watch them all in preparation for today, but I didn't have time. Uh, so she's more committed to the Catching Fire. Well, Hunger Games. Okay. And Which girls. is another and podcast to have at yeah, some point man. sometime For soon here on You Hate blind. Movies. Mm. Nobody wants to hear that. Everybody but wants to yeah, hear I about it. Yeah, I think the pace of the movie was just great. Like, it it just kept my attention the whole time. And I liked the comedy and I just thought it was a good balance of everything. And yeah. as someone yes. with... Uh, an appreciation for Star Wars, but a, a kind of a v- more vague memory of it. Were you still able to keep up and enjoy it? Yeah, I was worried about that too. I was like, oh, I need to like read all these summaries on what's happened just to refresh my memory. And I didn't. And things were just starting to come back to me as I was mm-hmm. watching. I was like, oh, yeah, like this and this and this. So it was it was fine. She was hung great. in there. That's Sorry. great when a when a director can create a film that is able to somewhat stand on totally. its own. Yeah, yeah, I felt like it was pretty self sufficient, even if you know it, your experience might be a little more enriched if you're familiar with some of that 
stuff. It's not like he left you hanging on anything. Everyone gets explained enough to compete. Yeah. And like Bethany said, it's not like a new hope was the most gapless thing in the world. They just right. throw you right into just the deep right end in. and say, catch up. Give you the necessary details and move so on. I've got so much insight into movies. Unreal. <laughs> mm-hmm. You're a quality MVP movie lover. Thank you. Quality I movie received that from you. Thank you. Yeah, MV- MVP of you hate movies. <laughs> Tyler, what did you think? Uh, I really liked it. I, I think that I have a lot. I'm 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 really impressed by Star Wars just in general because they have managed to carry on this storyline for so long. All these other movies are out there that are admired from you know twenty thirty years ago are just being remade and totally they're just starting all over from scratch. They're remaking movies like Point Break and it's unnecessary. Right. So, so with Star Wars, about Point Break. Okay, they're not <laughs> they're okay. not remaking it. I'm they're excited. adding to it. And so I'm impressed that this single like story has been able to capture the attention the attention of generations. So I have a yeah. lot of respect for that. And I think that they did really well really well holding up to expectation and hype. Yeah, which so is saying I, a lot. Uh, yeah, so I have a lot of respect. I think J.J. Abrams did a, a great job. I would even go as far as saying that even though the prequels were really disappointing, that this movie is a worthy sequel to the original trilogy. Mm-hmm. Yes, totally. It's definitely maintained its integrity and it's a respectable part of the canon, and it deserves to be in there. He did a great job. He made a quality Star Wars movie. Thank, thank you, Mr. Abrams. Yeah. I don't I'm know just, how I'd rank it though. I'm just glad he yeah. listened to. All he did was repeat dudes. your review, which was great review, but we don't know where you rank <laughs> it, and that's the. I think that point. it's it's a top contender, um, but it is unfair to compare movies made in the 70s and early 80s to mm. movie made in 2015 because our modern eyes are totally different. Listen, we know all that, but on this podcast, we like to present (laughs) ourselves with challenging questions that aren't fair so that we can get people in the pacing. The pacing is so much faster. The, 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 the sights and the sounds are so much bigger and brighter. Why won't you tell blah, us? Blah, Don't blah. Worry, you <laughs> just <laughs> keep <laughs> taking us I on would, this weird I would put journey. it up there with Empire and Return. There I don't know go. how that I would be. do it. Was that so hard to Maybe say? Maybe Empire, Force Awakens, Return, something like that. I don't know. Okay. I think it's really good. Okay. Better than A New Hope, even though we were essentially watching, watching A New, a new hope. hope. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> After you said that we don't remake movies, we really kind of did, didn't we? <laughs> this is more so the uh, this is more so the Home Alone formula. Than that's true. Remake. That's true. It really was. They home alo- they pulled a Home Alone with this one. Absolutely, that's a good way to think about it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's like more of a good thing. <laughs> that's right, Patrick. You're the only one who was like good, not great. Right. Well. I, you you know, had I the know. whole Tarantino It Follows thing going on. Yeah, right. That's true. I still stand by that. And I think the, the <laughs> If only Tarantino had directed this, it would have been great. <laughs> that yeah. would have been interesting. <laughs> I would love to see what that would look like. I wouldn't. I don't want to <laughs> see that. Tarantino Star Wars. It's, it's great in my it mind. Been Surely somebody enough. asked him at some point. Uh, I think, I still think that, and the whole thing about it's a modern day storytelling and movie making versus the seventies storytelling and movie making. I think that's the problem. I think that, so I still say all that, but I think it was a great, great star Wars movie. And I would also put it in the top. It's better than a new hope. I think so. 
Either wow, the way that we're all saying that is probably making people so angry on that. I know, but it's 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 yeah, just like a, it tells all these great story elements better, you know. Yeah, you see, yeah. I agree. And you you know see what? the bad guy they be just need badder. To see the movie. You see, it's true. The if they're listening to this and they haven't seen the movie, yeah, well, that's a problem. Yeah, but I mean, like, it's like clear. It's better. <laughs> so I feel like it's we're not trying to reality. hurt your feelings. It's just what it is. And yeah. It's not to disparage New Hope. I still think New Hope is one of is an incredible movie. But you know, things change. Yeah, things change. It's all grow, man. It's hard, but you. Have, <laughs> so you wait, grow. Patrick, you're saying you put this up there with your top three over New in your Hope? top three? Yeah, I think I would say almost exactly what Tyler would say. It would Empire still, and then some Return or Force Awakens would be two or three. I don't know. I, I think that as more come out, that would like yeah, help you shape the how it all yeah. goes yeah. together. Because mm-hmm. the story, don't know how the story is going to go. I think a, I think a good side by side comparison from like. Force Awakens to New Hope is watching a planet explode <laughs> in New Hope. It's just this crazy ball of sparks that even though they say it's going to be a chain reaction, it's just simultaneous combustion. But in Force Awakens, we finally get that slow burn where things are imploding and the planet and collapses. We get to see yeah. it implode. And then it and then it just then it, after a while, it all goes up at once. Right. And the, the dark side is so much scarier when you see somebody use it so well. Yeah, it's good. So I think that that gives it the edge over a new hope. All right. Yeah, uh, I agree with everything you guys have said. I'd probably say the same thing. It's even though it's not entirely fair to contrast movies that are generations apart, they are in the same franchise and from the same narrative, and yeah. they're doing a lot of the same things. I think honestly, a lot of uh, this will surprise no one, but a lot of this movie experience reminded me of Jurassic World, where you have to revisit this. Uh, it's not as separated by time, but something that's clearly dated in ways that doesn't have to be dated now. And you've got to breathe new life into a franchise by honoring nostalgia and certain tropes that audiences expect to see and uh, somehow deliver on all these different elements. And I felt like in the same way that Jurassic World, you kind of, you, at least for me as a huge fan, watched it and was like, man, that was everything I wanted it to be. Was it the best one ever? Well, no, but it was like, it was not flawed in that sense. It delivered. It totally delivered. Because can you, I don't know if we can objectively be like, even if you're not a fanatic, if you watched Empire and you've been with Empire years, you'll probably always have Mm -hmm. this thing in your head where Empire is just like, it's just so good. Um, But yeah, it was, it's super good. Even to watch it now entertaining and be entertained by it, um, you know, I, I still really enjoy watching A New Hope at, and I've seen it like, I don't know, a dozen times or something in my life. Um, but to watch New Hope now, you know, I'd probably be more entertained <laughs> to watch The Force Awakens because sure. fre- right. the freshness has an advantage yeah. on yeah. it. And we've all gone yeah. on about how much we love New Hope, so it's not... Yeah, I think that it definitely holds its own among the heavyweights. It got the job done. It was totally satisfying, very entertaining, and felt like a, a new, cool Star Wars movie, which was a neat thing to experience. And hey, Chewie just doesn't age, huh? He's still looking as good as he ever <laughs> oh had. He couldn't be a little patchy or something? <laughs> he looks a little bit taller. <laughs> With the uh, all the time. Is that your impression? Cause that's uh, so tired, uh, but it's there. There was some <laughs> other actor credited for Chewbacca. What? There was two actors credited for Chewbacca. Wow, he, he, he was he was a motive too in this Peter one. Peter Mayhew has had health problems given the nature of his extreme his height. Yeah. Height. 
Uh, when the movie ended, our first screening, two kids ran down to the front. Um, one of them dressed like Leia. The other had like a stormtrooper uh, helmet on, right? And they had lightsabers, which is funny because those okay. characters don't use lightsabers. <laughs> but then they had a duel right there in front of the you know theater in their own little world as the credits were rolling. And we were sitting there watching them and talking about them. And I was thinking, that's so cool. They're going to have this story. They're going to say, I was there. I was there as a kid and I saw it on the screen the way we're like... You know, I saw that, I saw Jurassic Park when I was a kid and it changed my life. They're going to say, I saw The Force Awakens, I dressed up, um, my mom made me wear this, <laughs> you know, right. like. They uh, were into it. So part of, awesome. s- part of it is neat in that sense to get the experience like, oh, another generation of people is going to, Colin Trevorrow tweeted out that when he was a kid, he dressed up like a Jawa for Halloween mm-hmm. and now his son is going to dress up like Kylo Ren. The wheels keep turning. Yep. It's the cultural phenomenon where you can like give into it. It's okay to be a fanboy for this moment right now. <laughs> yes. Yeah, society does not feel any shame <laughs> the way that they celebrate Star Wars. Thanks for listening to You Hate Movies. Please, use our website and social media as yet another receptacle for Force Awakens feedback, debate, and arguments. YouHateMovies.com Twitter and Instagram at YouHateMovies and Facebook.com slash YouHateMovies. There's still time to join in the final stretch of the 33 Days of Christmas Movies. Go to YouHateMovies.com and find out how.